Welcome to the Blonde Runner Podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about the guest that I have on today and wanted to do an introduction before I connect with her. Her name is Al Caraway. She is a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She is a writer. She's a multi-award-winning international speaker and author of the best-selling books, Wildly Optimistic, More Than a Tattooed Mormon, My Dear Little One, that's her new one, um, Cheers to Eternity, and Finding Yourself in the New Testament. Um, She has spent the last 12 years traveling worldwide, inspiring others of her conversion and faith through difficult times, as well as either by bus or boat. She does guided church history tours. Her passion is to tell everyone that happiness exists, and it comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he's real, and how to find and love him in the hard, in the unwanted, and in the unexpected. Because through it all, with God, we have every reason to be wildly optimistic. Um, After decades, she spent time in Arizona and Utah, and now she is living with her husband, Ben, and her three kids, and they are uh, back where she was raised, which is um, New York. So I'm super excited to have her on, and we are going to be talking about spiritual health today. Hello. How are you, Al? I'm doing great. Can you hear me? Are good things happening? I can hear you. I can hear you. (laughs) Awesome. First, I just want to tell you how absolutely excited I am that you're on my podcast. Because if I think of a spiritual, healthy person, I would definitely, you're the first one that comes to my mind. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yes. You just like ooze positivity and like hope and encouragement. I think that you are, you are a light to a lot of people. And I know you've, you've been for me because I follow you on social media and I'm, definitely going to let people know where they can follow you and we'll drop the handle below. But I just love kind of your beaming optimism. And I think people need that. So thank you. Thank you. So nice of you. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. I'm so grateful you're taking the time. I know you just kind of finished like your tour and I know you have a new book out and we're definitely going to talk about that. So Hopefully you have a few minutes to to find some peace and all that. I know travel is kind of hard. So I'm oh my gosh, that. yes. Accumulatively, I've been gone. Oh my gosh, for like a whole month, and I just barely got back a few days ago. Tell it's me, been you... a little bit of a whirlwind. I would say where where were you last? So well, so I just came back from Utah. So I live in New York. I yeah. just came back from Utah for my book release tour. So I was out there for like five, six days. But then before that, I was gone for two weeks and I was on, I had two buses of people and I was like a church history tour guide and we went all over. (laughs) So so I was home for like two days and then I left again for another week. And so like three and a half weeks, I've been gone. (laughs) Your life is crazy, no doubt, like with all of that. And can you imagine like even like what, 15 years ago that your life would be like it is now? No. Oh, my gosh. No, not not even last year. Last year, I was just like, what am I what am I supposed to be working on and working towards? You know, because if you don't have like your personal passions and projects, uh, you know, you just sort of feel like you're floating in the floating <laughs> in the wind. And so I'm like, okay, 
I'm in a new season. What is this season? Uh, and, and how can I maximize that? And then um, there was a lot of uh, sewing. S-O-W, sewing, a lot of sewing, S-O-W. And now I'm finally, after years, I feel like I'm in like the reaping stage of my sewing. Oh, (laughs) I love that. But it took me a while to get here, but yeah, I'm not usually that busy. They all just happen to happen at the same time. (laughs) When it it, it rains, it pours, right? Yeah. But no, um, you've definitely been a light, like I said, to so many people. And today, this is a healthy living podcast and my background is in coaching. So I do running and triathlon coaching and um, I work a lot with people on their, like their physical health, but for me, and I think for good, help me with my terrible heel striking. (laughs) uh, Just kidding. (laughs) I probably could help you there. I would totally, next time you're Utah, look me up. But uh, definitely there, I think that there to be a well-rounded individual, I think it's important to look at all the facets of health. And that's why today I really wanted to focus on the spiritual aspect of health, because while there is a physical component, there's emotional component, there's a lot of components to health, Mm -hmm. but spiritual is some, it's not quite as tangible. I think sometimes it's harder to grasp, but I thought, you know, we, I really wanted to explore this because I think it's so valuable for people. Yeah. In your mind, like, how would you define spiritual health? Uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, it depends. It depends on how you kind of like package it. But if I were, if there were like a phrase motto of how I kind of live around that is just paying attention and acting on like these good reoccurring thoughts my rule of thumb as it has been for over a decade is if something comes back to me more than once like I'm gonna do it I almost feel like it's just like my soul living within me like pulling me to this life that I didn't even know could exist like one that's just more more vibrant than I would have picked for myself Um, and so that's kind of been my driving force is paying attention and taking a chance on my good reoccurring thoughts and that's where like the best fruit has come from in for me in my life would you kind of call that like a gut feeling or would you call that like a higher power giving you oh a hundred percent a higher power but but yeah but you could I mean if you wanted to attribute it to your gut I think it's like your soul living within you and if you want to name it your gut you can do that too but I think it's I think it's my spirit in me that just is yeah connected to God more in tune than I could recognize and it's just sort of pulling me in new ways and in different ways and mostly like unexpected unexpected and uncharted and even unwanted paths but they have better fruit yeah more than you can see like I I mean when you were talking that thought popped into my mind that like even if somebody's listening in and maybe they, maybe they don't believe in God or maybe they don't understand this higher power or they don't recognize it, or maybe they do. And maybe it's a little different than you and I understand, but I think everyone on this planet has this light of Christ within them. So they, they have that. If it's, you know, you want to call it a gut feeling or whatever, but you, you know, right and wrong, regardless of your upbringing of, you know, if you were in a religious situation or not, you're going to have kind of that light within you right would you yeah 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 Yeah. so tell us a little more I mean I've read I have read um your some of your books so 
but not everybody knows you as well as maybe I do or the people that follow you. Tell us a little more about your upbringing. My upbringing. I am from New York. I am a typical stubborn New Yorker. I do not need help from anyone (laughs) or anything. Right. And I'm just like how we were raised is there's like little to no. I don't remember any emphasis on marriage or family or being a mother or any of this. It was like, what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to take care of yourself? I mean, even since like kindergarten, what are you going to be when you grow up? How can you make it out there? Like, that's just how I was raised. And so everything around me was just people pursuing. And so that's kind of like ingrained into my veins, um, just pursue uh, this, uh, you know, a path of pursuit to do something. <laughs> it's always about doing something. Uh, so being my stubborn New Yorker, I just did whatever I wanted. And I like to think that I channeled that in a good way. But then at the age of 21, already graduated college, living on my own, all these things, uh, it was kind of interrupted and challenged by, um, I don't know, just like these teenage boys that lived a life of spirituality, something that I didn't care about, nor did I think I was lacking in any way. I always thought of it as some sort of like mental comfort for people who needed that to make them feel good. Or if they were struggling, I'm like, that's not me. So I, so I tried to like show them a different way of life. Like you could do whatever you want. And then in my awkward, terrible efforts to prove them wrong, um, I was shown greater things. Mm -hmm. And so that has just put me on this path of seeing what else. So, um, that also, I mean, into my twenties, moved across to the West. I'm back in New York now, but I spent a while, probably about a decade in the West between Arizona and Utah. And I started, you know, public speaking blossomed and that's been a 12 year thing. And I've been in like five different countries doing that. And now I have like eight books out (laughs) doing those things. And so all of these things I never would have picked for myself, but, but they have come along the way. It's almost as like, what I would attribute to God, knowing me more than I know myself and, and giving me exactly what I want, but packaged completely different than what I would have picked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagined you would be, I mean, you are naturally an optimistic person, no doubt. I mean, I think before even this spiritual awakening that you had per se, I guess if you'd want to call it that, you were probably pretty optimistic. Wouldn't you agree or... Yeah, but you know what I would phrase it as? Because I think people hear optimism and they think maybe even a little ignorance or or it, they, it doesn't mean that you're happy all the time. Like, that's not that's yeah. not me at all. I, I struggle a lot. I feel like I'm this magnet to trials. All that nothing, not nothing goes smoothly in my life. You know, sometimes yeah. people are like, oh, you know, it's right if it falls into place. I'm like, mm, mm. if something's fallen into place, I should run for the, <laughs> run the other direction because the that's just not, it just not happens to me. But what, um, I just feel like a lot of that, uh, I'm just stubborn, but that could, you know, I'm, I'm too stubborn to live a bad life. And so that doesn't mean ignorance or blindness to reality. I think it just means that I try to be productive instead of destructive. Mm-hmm. And so what I have learned to help with that, it's kind of like, um, 
if I'm in the middle of something falling apart, which, which everything does, I've lost my family, years of silence for my family because of spiritual choices, religious choices that I've made mm-hmm. that they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, years of silence came from that. Years of unemployment, a uh, bad pregnancy where I almost lost my life, like so many things. Uh, we were houseless because of doing what we thought God wanted us to do. Um, it led to us not getting a house we bought and we were houseless. All of these things. But um, how do I be productive and not destructive? Mm-hmm. And that is, is there another way to look at it? A hundred percent there is. <laughs> what yeah. am I missing? Uh, I may be in a hard season right now, but seasons don't last forever, but they all bring forth new fruit, new blossoms. Yeah. Um, am I seeing them? Uh, and I do think a lot of it, finishing my thought from two minutes ago, <laughs> it all, it all comes down to, to self-love, stubbornness and self-love. I mean, we're all allowed to feel upset and angry mad at God even, or, or lonely or confused or really just broken and empty. But I feel like it's up to us to choose whether or not to live there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have put in the work and the time with myself mm-hmm. to become stubborn enough to not accept it. Like I, like I can feel that, but, but I don't want to live there. And so that's when I start asking questions of what am I missing? What's a different way to look at it? What does my next step look like, even if that step is small? Because for me, I'm not going to go out and do all of these bad things. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like what's most destructive to me is, is standing still, mm-hmm. not doing anything bad, but not doing anything at all. Yeah. Oh, I so, love I love yeah. It, you know, you really are moving. You either moving forward or moving back. I think you're right. You have to be moving. If you're still, I mean, there's there's a complacence. I think we get in a comfort zone often, and that I I like that you're you're continuing to bring up this concept of stubborn because stubborn <laughs> could also mean salt, or if you know you're holding, you're you're not going. You're going to be stubborn. Stubborn in some ways is very good. Like we yeah believe in what we believe, and we're not going to be moved, and that's a different thing than. It could be a healthy tether when you learn to <laughs> work with it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've learned that, you know, small steps are still steps. Slow steps are still steps. And, and those are honored and they, and they are magnified. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what does my next step look like, even if that step is, is small? How can I keep moving forward? How can I see my season through? How can I allow God to be God? How can I have my soul continue to pull me in new ways and in different ways? Or really, um, a really important question um, <laughs> or good starting places is self-love. Like, how do you see yourself? You know don't, what I mean? Don't you feel like you're, you know, this concept of spirituality? I mean, for me, it, it is is beyond myself. And I think that it gives me like a groundedness and this life purpose and then this inspiration to be like that forgiving kind like I have more to me and that I can't think really boils down to my feeling of my own self-worth that's I'm more just you know my mistakes or things like that 
yeah, you will be more or less tolerant to to the right things and better things when it comes down to self love. You can set the right boundaries and healthy boundaries with life and with people and with opportunities to really channel this more vibrant and blossoming life. I feel like is within reach for every single person, no matter what season or path you're on. I like that. Uh, you know, recently I posted something and I talked about this. You know, I've, I'm sure you've heard this before. Kindness begins with me. It's something we hear in the church. We hear, you know, a lot. And I always thought about it as kindness begins with me being nice to everyone else. And <laughs> but except you. <laughs> I, I realized that kindness begins with me loving myself. Yes. Really hard to love and care for others when you don't like yourself. And and this is a journey. It is it is something that takes uh, practice and work to become more kind to yourself. And I think it really boils down to forgiving yourself and forgiving your flaws. And, you know, we live within our flaws and you've talked about your challenges. And so how, how do you, how would you say we can get over that? We can. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, cute, Elle, that you love yourself. But how do we, how do we get there? <laughs> that, uh, you know, and I, <laughs> I, um, can you hear me? Is can yeah. I break up? Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like I've always kind of loved myself. I've always given myself self love and grace and from as long as I can remember, but I also feel like I can track that back to, um, I, I just, I've always spent time with myself. Does that make sense? Like, like <laughs> you, you can't love someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that could be God. You can't, how can you really love him and trust him if you don't really know him and spend time with him? I don't know. But that goes, you know, relationships, <laughs> uh, yourself. Can, can you love someone you don't really know? Well, how do I, you, you have to spend time with yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you have to give yourself time alone to do new things, to say yes a little more and to get ready naked, like spend as much time as you possibly can naked. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> Like, I don't, yeah. People are like, yes, I don't like clothes. They're feeling free right now. Yes, take them off. You know, there's this funny meme I saw a few days ago. It's like, you either are the naked neighbor or you have a naked neighbor. I'm like, I'm the naked (laughs) neighbor. That's, that's me. (laughs) That's hilarious. But I also, oh, go ahead. Being raw with yourself, I think is what you're saying is like being honest with yourself and, and. You know, I, I will say I like myself too. I like me and I've always been sort of an optimistic person. I think it kind of runs through with optimistic people. They tend to, you know, I, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm still a work in progress, but like genuinely I know my heart and I know that God judges me on my own heart, you know, and I know me. And so if everyone knew everything about everyone else, maybe they would be more (laughs) graceful um, but I like that you're saying, I mean, we spend time with ourselves because we live with ourselves, but like spending time with ourselves in the raw form of really, and allowing ourselves grace, like how do you, maybe someone listening in that struggles with that, how would you guide them or, or tell them, how can we, how can you be a little bit more raw with yourself and how can you learn to like forgive yourself? Uh, I, I feel like opposing forces live and exploit in in all of that and so for me how to be productive and not destructive is recognizing how are you thinking how are you talking to yourself because I believe that all good is God including 
feelings. Mm. But, but on the, so, so on the flip side, and this is how I'm more productive is how am I talking to myself? How mm. am I viewing myself and, and, and my efforts? Cause if they are not good, I can recognize if it is not good, it is not God, which means it is mm. not truth. It is not reality. And the faster that I could recognize that the faster I'm able to, uh, adjust my course and adjust my perspective and, and shift Mm. Uh, allow a shift so if I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I did that why bother like my efforts are in vain you know I'm pleading for things to be over and things to be different that's that's not good that's then I can be like wait that's that's not truth that's not reality because even if I need to change and shift God would never do it in in that way he would never articulate it in that way because that is not how he communicates yeah and so so just taking a step back and recognizing how am I viewing things? How, how am I talking to myself? If it is not good, it's not truth. It's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that shift, but uh, I don't know what you asked me. Maybe I answered it. <laughs> you did. You did. I like the kind of recurring theme that you keep bringing up, which is this, pro- you know, being productive, not destructive. Yes. And I like that you mentioned self-talk. This is something I've talked to others about too. Really. It does come down to what are you telling yourself because you'll believe your story the story you're telling yourself so if you want to have a different story you need to tell yourself you know give yourself a different script and I like that concept also you know I think you were kind of reaching that or saying that good defines bad like we're going to have bad we're oh yeah but but what you're saying is to recognize that that maybe that negativity that that you know, there's there's two things pulling at you all the time and it's good and bad and so you've got to determine hey am I going to listen to this voice or am I going to listen to this voice and there's one you know the positive the encouraging the the hopeful voice is the one I think we want to hear or we want to listen to and sometimes it's very quiet and it's a very still small voice that we have to listen to but it's there if we if we want to follow that you know, when I first moved to Utah, this was, oh my gosh, like 12 years ago now. <laughs> uh, I, for those who don't know what I look like, I'm just like covered in tattoos. Yeah. And, and I, I moved to a place where that doesn't really exist. Uh, definitely not, you know, 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, not in the place where I ended up. And man, the way they reacted and treated me was just disgusting. Like it, and, and it took me months to figure out how I was supposed to react to Mm. it. Mm. You catch me on a bad day. And I'm like, I got to a point where like, I don't even want, I don't, I don't have enough left in me to even go to the grocery store because I couldn't handle the remarks and the, and the stairs. And it was like, I was set up to fail before Mm. I had even started. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you think of this poster child for an L- the LDS church. Do you picture me like some <laughs> young girl covered in tattoos? No, it's like every, I was failing before I started. No one wanted to date me. People looked at me like I didn't even belong in their grocery store, in their neighborhood. I And then, you know, to feel rejected and unwanted and unfit and unworthy before mm-hmm. I had even done anything. That's like. Hard. You know, yeah. And so after a few months, I'm like, wait, I don't like, (laughs) I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Wait, this isn't, this isn't how I want things to be going. So if I can't 
change other people, what can I change? And so, you know, I, I remind myself often like, wait, like I'm here. Like I, I, I have a heart that is beating and a God that is mine. And, and I am only here once. And I refuse to let someone else change my life. I refuse to let someone else pick my life for me. Like I am not living for you. I am not living for other people. Like mm-hmm. how you think and how you react absolutely is not going to stand in the way for me being happy and living a life of great purpose and great passion. And so the question I get asked the most, because I have three kids and as you, we started out, like I have my hands in a lot of things mm-hmm. and they're all like a lot of personal things. Yeah. You know, like writing books, that's something that takes up a lot of my personal, like one-on-one time. That's not a family thing. <laughs> it will be, yeah. it affects your family, but that is something that I am personally choosing to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, being a church history tour guide for two, you know what I mean? These things. And so traveling and speaking, I'm a public speaker. Well, how do you do that? How do you feel comfortable doing that? What about your kids? Mm-hmm. And so I always will respond, you know oh my gosh, what a, what a huge disservice Mm. I would be doing if I didn't do those things in front of my kids. Mm -hmm. Because what is that teaching people and what do people believe right now? And that is that they are secondary in their own lives. And that is Mm. Mm. the biggest paralyzing lie that anyone could live. And they do. Mm. And most people do. You you are not secondary in your own life. You deserve your time too. And I want to teach my kids by showing them that whatever it is that sets your soul on fire, like you are deserving to do that. Yes, do those things. The things that are important to you are important to do. Like you have to, you, you, you should. If not, we're, we're missing the point. And so do I have, do I feel guilty? No, like not at all. <laughs> like I want, this is, it's intentional. Well, I mean, and and I love what you're saying here because, like, I know in my realm of work, um, you know, when you do Ironman and things like that, it takes a lot of time and training away. But I've always told my kids I'm a much happier mom because I go out and run. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Want me to go out and run because you don't want to. (laughs) It's like my run therapy. You know, I like need it and. And I think that what you're saying is so valuable because we do kind of forget ourselves in life. And I think that that is a big component of being healthy is remembering who we are. And, and, you know, there's sort of a, I was funny because I just interviewed my daughter about like not giving up and I asked her what she thought passion meant. And we sort of had a little discussion on this. And I thought, you know, if I were to pick out like what you're, you're, you're very passionate, I think about like your story and what you you know, that self-love I can see, which is so valuable and so important for people to understand. I think there's, with spiritual health, there's more to us than just what meets the eye, right? There's like this beyond our self purpose. And I think Mm -hmm. your passion ties in, right? For me, my passion is to coach and help. And I love to work with people on their health and getting them healthier and, and meeting their goals, their physical goals. But like, I can see your passion is definitely a spiritual one and, and like, it, it oozes out of you. It's nothing that you, it's even, it's beyond your own, you know, you're just it's like beyond your own. I don't know how to explain it, but I think that definitely ties into something beyond us. And that's where I think spiritual health ties in, you know, would you agree with that? 
Yes. And you know what's beautiful is just like the more we say yes to ourselves and yes to these recurring ideas and yes to things being packaged differently, I just feel like, oh my gosh, life is this endless self-discovery. Mm. And 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 life is just continuously blossoming when we when we say yes a little more, mostly to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean, how many, how much of this am I like just barely discovering in my mid thirties? Mm. You know what I mean? And and what new thing had you just barely like grown into? And you're at what age? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like you're not ever gonna stop. And and what you choose to do now is not gonna determine the rest of your life. Like new seasons are coming and and new self-discoveries will blossom and 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 it's just it's so exciting. I think people forget what a thrill it is to to live by faith and, and to take those steps. I think again, just like allow yourself to embrace the passion. You know, they say, let your light shine. I mean, let it like whatever you have inside you. That's kind of like me for what I do is like I've loved helping people with this stuff forever. Like I've done I've coached for 27 years. So for me, like I will do it till I die because it's just <laughs> passion for but I can't imagine my life without that kind of passion or that it, yes. it's the depth to my soul. And it's, it's like I said, it's more than just like a physical thing. It's more, it's like a calling to me. It's kind of yes. like passion. And I, I would say that you have the same and it's, it kind of, I never imagined my life to be doing this either, but like you, you don't know where, and I've done some, you know, lecturing and things like that as well as you have. And it's like, you never really imagined that, but you, but you go with the flow and you like carpe diem, right? As things come, you, you go with that gut feeling or you go with what's come, you know, and you make the best of whatever's coming in front of you. Yes. See your seasons through. Yeah. Act on your reoccurring thoughts. No, and learn that you are deserving of the time to pursue. And if you don't know what any of this is, it's like, what reoccurring thought am I ignoring? Do you know what sets your soul on fire? Like what makes you feel filled? Mm-hmm. If you don't know that, that's a good, uh, that's a good starting question. What makes you feel filled? Uh, and, yeah. and are we doing it? Let's think, <laughs> let's talk about this. I like that question. It kind of brought to mind this concept of the difference between like happiness and I know happiness is something you've talked about and then joy like because to me like I am truly joyful like when I have helped uh, someone accomplish a goal that they didn't you know that would have been difficult to do on their own like that is true joy I mean get a text and they just like accomplish their goal like it makes me completely like joy is like happiness is one thing but joy is like a whole new level of happiness and I think when you find a calling or you find something that you are passionate about, it kind of gives it lends to that joy, right? Yes. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So people are, you know, I know that, that some people may be listening and they're like, I don't really know my passion. Like what step to step idea would you give them? How can they find this passion? Like you and I have found passions. Of course, it's, it's obvious, right? But others don't find it quite as easily. How can we help them? Well, what makes you happy? <laughs> yeah. Um, what what new things can you try? You know, I new things, that's good. I absolutely do new things. Last year me and my husband were like, let's just like do something different. Let's just do something really, really hard just to see if we can do it. And you know what we chose? Uh running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 
Am I a runner? I am not. Have I run much? Uh, I mean, I played soccer back in my youth, but other than that, so so last year in our thirties, we decided we're just gonna pick up running. If you, if one could do that, and we ended up running. Uh, I ran five races in four months. Yay for you! And that is something that I will continue to lean into and continue to do. And it's like, oh my gosh, if that was just on a whim, like let's just try it. Like, and that grew into like this great driving force uh, of physical, you know, and anyways, and even spiritual, like my best thinking is done when I'm, when I'm running. Oh, I um, <laughs> my best, my best ideas. <laughs> when you're running. Yeah. And so it's like, oh my gosh. And that just came from the most random, like out of nowhere, left field thought that I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I try that? <laughs> like, yeah. why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I try it? No, I love so, that people listening in, like, of course, I'm all about running and give it a try, right? And I don't think it's not ever too late to find running. I've helped people in their 60s learn how to run so like it can happen. But I love that thought of like, maybe you have this recurring thought of trying something. You know, maybe it's not jumping out of a plane. Maybe you're not talking about that. But we're talking about like, trying you know even if you have a fleeting thought of let me try that maybe I could try it yeah I've always wanted to try that it's like okay well you can literally no one but you is stopping you (laughs) yeah we get in our own way don't we so many times so yeah yeah and that just goes back to self-love like no I'm not secondary this is my only life that I'm only living once like absolutely I'm going to do it like why so like I move a lot uh I am almost not not quite two years in the house that I'm in now, and this will be the longest I've ever lived somewhere in almost 19 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I've lived on my own, no roommates since I was like 17. Anyway, so we moved, lived in New York several years ago, and then we moved away. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved away, <laughs> Ben and I, my husband, we would talk all the time about like how close we were to so many things. We're so within just a a few couple hours to like so many different States, everything. There's so much upstate. Uh, And, uh, and, and it bugged us because we didn't know if we'd live here again. And it bugged us because it's like, why didn't we do those things? And we could not come up with a single reason to why we couldn't do X, Y, and Z when we lived in New York. Mm-hmm. zero and it ate away at my soul because there was not one real reason of why we did it we just didn't and so we ended up moving back to new york obviously you did like, it too convenient it's too easy sometimes we look for the harder thing right Maybe. last year was our first full summer back in new york and mm-hmm. we went somewhere new every single week for three months like just day trips even just just three hours in a new direction just to see what new food we could find like it doesn't have to be this big we don't have money we don't have a lot of money we're we're poor broke but happy but like like day trip even you know new highways and it's just why wouldn't why wouldn't we do those things and and I hated that you know that we don't and I couldn't put my thumb on why and so I just what happens when we're dying yeah and and you'll be like well why didn't I yeah you know, don't live with regrets. Right. I love that you're, you're talking about this concept that I often teach as a life coach about living intentionally. Yes. And, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to set my sails and, you know, dead fish go with a flow. Right. But (laughs) your sails, you can figure out where you want to go in life. And I think 
you know, when we give up our power and say, here, you know, everyone decide for me, like kind of your epiphany of, hey, I'm not going to let people judge me on what I look like and determine how I'm going to feel about myself. You decided, no, I'm going to determine this is only one life to live. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you let someone else pick your own life? And you know what? I also, okay. (sighs) My best advice to offer is like, don't uh, listen too much on other people's advice. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you know, uh, because like oh, when I was trying to go, I was trying to do some something. I was trying to go somewhere for the first time, and almost pretty much every single person was like, "Okay, so it's gonna be like super weird. You're probably gonna like be really uncomfortable, and this is what's gonna happen, and you're gonna feel this way." And I went and I did it, and I'm like, "That was the greatest thing I've ever done." <laughs> Like, I could not, could not pay. And, and everyone told me otherwise. And I just, like, I signed up for a half marathon last year. And I was talking to this lady. She's like, I hate that one. I will never do that one again. And she was telling me all the reasons why. And that literally was my favorite one I had ever done. Like, and so it's like, <laughs> stop letting other people dictate your decisions. You are not them. You are completely different. And so, like, fine, listen if you want but but don't you know what I mean yeah, also because <laughs> well and I think that's fine everyone has their perspective it's important to be open-minded but at the same time sometimes we put more trust in what other people say to us than we do in our own self we yeah like, why <laughs> like yeah I love that you said that because everybody has their different perspective on why they like a race or not a race and part of it probably depends on how you were feeling and how you did well if you're barfing and stuff it may not be your best your most yeah i mean for those of you who are runners it's just like man there's this race it's called the lakeshore lakeside you ride you're you run you know the side of the beach in theory it sounds beautiful but it is so i mean a whole race flat in the middle of nowhere it's like (laughs) that is painful but some people love that because it's flat and they can get their best time but i wanted to rip my eyeballs out the whole time you know what i mean (laughs) it's all relative <laughs> so yeah so life <laughs> but I love I love all the different things that you're saying I think this is so valuable for people to hear one of the things that you posted recently and I did want to talk about this um I just loved it uh it really spoke to me and you know I think we all have these moments where we're judged and maybe judged out of context and I know for you you didn't always really like that title of tattooed Mormon for that book because it's kind of like Mm, I don't know, you know? Mm, yeah. Hard for you. But the irrelevant. Quote, the quote completely that I, irrelevant. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The quote I wanted to bring up was uh the only one that was qualified to throw a stone didn't. I just that just caught my eye when you posted that because I just thought truth, truth, that is the truth. The only one that could throw a stone. And you kind of talked about that woman that was caught in adultery and everything happened with her. And I really loved what you had to say because we don't always understand the context. Um, We often judge by, you know, obviously when you came to Utah and everybody was judging you because, well, 12 years ago, it was very different than now. Like everyone has tattoos now even, you know, but like, it's very different 12 years ago for you. And so being judged just on what you look like and how difficult and how, I mean, the, the whole concept is being kind, right? Not only to ourselves, but others. And so sometimes we get judged and maybe misjudged and people don't understand everything. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Tragic. Well, oh, I mean, well, that just goes back to, I mean, self-love and healthy boundaries. Know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. People judging me. Uh, does it still happen? Probably, yeah. I'm sure. But do yeah. I notice it and do I recognize it? Absolutely not. And so what changed people or me? Yeah. Well, well I did. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. Do people still look at me awful and and say things under their breath and even to my face and to my DMs? Absolutely. But, but I'm different. And so I, I'm equipped to better handle that. And that is being secure in myself and secure in how God sees me like the woman caught in adultery I, uh, what people may not know about me is I am a biblical scripture history context buff. Like I, like it just, I, I love all of that. Mm-hmm. What I do in my spare time is learning about ancient Israel and, and Jewish tradition back in the days of Jesus. And I, I talk to rabbis, like, I love that. I know almost too much around all these things. And that particular story, I won't go down too far, but like what's happening right before then is is very much that it was just like planned um it was just planned to to try and trap him to arrest him mm-hmm. and and like uh, doubting thomas he was an apostle mm-hmm. and he was one of great faith like as years as a, as an apostle of jesus that walked with him in jesus days he was the one that was brave enough to say shouldn't we die with him he was ready to do that and yet in the one moment that he asked a very logical question that we dub as doubt we 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 put this box around him and we call him doubting thomas from this one little blip in time kind of like this woman in adultery who very likely wasn't even part of what we think it was and and we dub her and we define her by this one little blip in time mm-hmm. but it's just like and kind of like me with this awful nickname of tattooed mormon this irrelevant nickname that that has nothing to do with except this one little story that i shared a blip in time from 13 years ago it's just like that lady uh we don't know who she is in the scriptures but we say we know scripturally that she led a life and magnified god mm-hmm. and so like she had so much life left in her mm-hmm. and 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 i don't doubt that it wasn't be- that it, that that it was beautiful and it was vibrant and it was blossoming because once god becomes a reality to you mm-hmm. life will in will undoubtedly change you mm-hmm. and so god he he becomes real to me and once he becomes real to you by spending time with him by seeing your seasons through by allowing him to intervene with the unexpected and the unwanted and the uncharted he you know like everything else it's just in the weeds so yes judgment of others but but once he's real to you and once you have this anchor and tethered to yourself and to him like everything else is just small marbles in the weeds you know and and you don't have time for that. You just, you keep on living and you live for you and you live for him. And, and it will be, you will, you will stand all amazed that you will be able to navigate all of those little things because you will see how little they truly are. Mm-hmm. You have, you have new seasons ahead of you and they are beautiful and they are blossoming and, and, and other people can't change that. I mean, the only qualifying factor any of us need 
to a blossoming, beautiful, vibrant life you already have and you cannot change. And that is you are his. This is me getting super spiritual, but, but no matter what you do, you are his and that cannot change. And that already and always makes you deserving mm. simply because you are his and, and, and everything else is just noise. I love that. That, that is a mess people need to hear often. I think, you know, yes, yes. You don't, you don't, no matter what you do or don't do, not that life doesn't matter and that our choices don't matter, but you're still, you still belong no matter what you have the right to be respected and cared and loved just because you exist, not before anything you've done or not done. You, you have served that. And that, and this, yeah. And that always goes to, so, so now what voices am I going to listen to? Because those negative, untrue, unrealistic and unhealthy voices will tell you like well what if I'm the exception you know I fail and I fall and I wonder and I wander and it's like why would he ever want to be yoked with someone like me but that is not that is not good so that is not God that is not truth that's not reality like like a baby being born (laughs) and and you hold your baby for the first time and you look down at it and you are just so overwhelmed with love with that baby and it wasn't because the baby did anything to earn that love it was simply and overwhelmingly there because it was theirs and and that is exactly how god views you right now even with your missteps and sidesteps uh that that you are deserving because you are his and you don't need to do anything to earn you are deserving because you are his Mm -hmm. and and so you know, that woman caught in adultery, the world, other people will say stone her to death. She deserves it. Mm. And what does he do? He gets on her level in the dirt with her. He calls her by the same exact endearing term that he calls his own mother, woman. That is a term of endearment that he calls his own mom. So he gets in the dirt with you, spends time with you. He talks to you and he listens to you. And, and he does not cast the stone, nor does he go on this long, you know, uh, sermon of self-improvement. And, you know, it's just, he is so willing to forgive and give you something more and something better because that is why he chose to die, to give you these opportunities. And so anything else, that is the adversary exploiting, exploiting you. And, and so just to shift a perspective, the God that you believe in, the, the savior that you have is one who gets in the dirt with you, stays with you, listens to you, drops the stones and gives you more chances because everything he does is to get you back and give you everything. Absolutely. I love that. I think it's so important to define those thoughts coming your way. You know, are they truth? Are they, are they bringing you up? Are they tearing you down? Because Obviously, you're wanting to listen to the ones that are encouraging and, you know, lifting. And and I love that you say he's willing to get in the dirt because I've seen that in my life. He's, you know, he's not going to just leave you just because you're imperfect. I mean, we are expected to make mistakes. We're here to be tested, to be tried. And that's how we learn. I mean, 
when I ask, you know, my athletes, what, you know, what have you learned whenever, whenever they talk about things that they've learned, it's always been a hard race. It's been a hard situation. It wasn't the easy times that they learn from. It's the hard times that we learn from and they make us better. And it's like, we're rocks being tumbled down this river and we have to be polished and we have to have our hard edges softened and it hurts and it, you know, we're tumbling and, but that's how we get polished is the hard stuff. So yeah. it's absolutely, yeah. and I, and then there is, a, you know, that light, that gospel of Christ and uh, those listening in, if you, if you, you know, truly want to understand or learn more about that, I think, and then maybe that's a reoccurring thought that, you know, Alice talked about is, is learning and understanding and, seeing if there's more for you or under, and having that understanding of what, what is Jesus Christ about? Cause it's just like learning about ourselves. You know, you learn to love yourself by spending time with yourself and allowing yourself to be raw and real. Um, same with, if you don't understand Christ or you don't understand God, you probably haven't spent the time to, you can't love someone if you don't spend the time, you know, on understanding them and their life and the things that they've, they've accomplished or done and it's, I think it's the same. It's true. You have to spend the time with them. Um, I love, love, love everything you've said. I think that it gives us a lot of food for thought, a lot of things to think about when it comes to spiritual health and what to do. Um, do you have any other words that you wanted to share or any other thoughts that you wanted to share? I think, I think my word vomit will suffice for <laughs> I do want your books a little bit because you know you you just have this power about you and I think that this was a God-given talent for you to be able to like share this spiritual uplifting for people because your word vomit is very encouraging <laughs> and I think it's great and I think you have this authenticity about you you're real you're you, you have challenges you're not saying that life is perfect because you've you've put this spiritual component in your life and uh but it's also very relatable like your life your mom your you know there's you're real and I love that about you but I do want to talk about your books because this is I think this helps other people to learn about things that maybe they need to have their mind opened and understand so um you have in the intro I did talk about your books which is wildly optimistic uh, more than a tattooed mormon you have this new book that you you've done my dear little one tell us tell us about that one Oh, okay. My unexpected, uh, yes. So yeah. So more than Tattooed Mormon, that's all about my life falling apart because I got baptized. So that's more of like a conversion story, whatever, whatever. Wildly optimistic is my personal favorite. It's everything that we feel during trials. The entire thing is trials and, and everything that has gone wrong in my life and how to learn of it. Shift of perspective. I did one on marriage uh, and dating, and then, you know, I wrote one on the Bible coming out the, in a month. Now, I mentioned that because <laughs> it just makes my dear little one a little bit more something to laugh at. Um, I spent eight months, sun up and sundown, writing a book about the Bible <laughs> and the history of the New Testament, and that was obviously a huge labor of love. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last year in September... My youngest turned two at the time, and I just, as a writer, you're always writing, I just wrote her something. What I said is uh, bullet points to my soul mm -hmm. um, that I wanted my own child to know, and I gave it to her for her birthday. Now, um, uh, 
as far as my religion goes, uh, my family are not, they're not, it's me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so when they read that, these bullet points of my soul, they, they, they cried. Mm. They were, I don't know. It was in so, so I wrote it in, you know, about a half hour <laughs> in one, in one sitting. And so I sent it to my publishers just to see if they wanted, you know, I don't know, something. And, you know, I, I spend so much time um, making these big books that, you know, have so many different things that are important um, and that are good and that are bestsellers within, you know, my Christian umbrella. But then, but then this came <laughs> and uh, yeah, in one sitting, did it just go nuts? It went, nuts and for a few weeks i was number one uh in eight different categories on amazon i beat out jimmy fallon for like a few weeks like wow. it, it turned into this huge deal and i just got back from my um book tour which i wasn't even gonna go on for a kid's book you know it was just gonna be something i did but it you know it was a whole tour that i traveled and was gone for about a week for and i see these women in their 70s and in their 60s and in their 40s coming to me crying saying had had I lived my life around this book my life would have been beautifully different and so that has been the most unexpected blossom um, that I am able to see through right now which is just so crazy it's the, the whole thing is just crazy to me <laughs> I love it well I think sometimes simple is best you know yes like, yeah bullet points it just speaks to because it really is, in essence, simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate life and we overcomplicate everything. And we just need to be simple. And so sometimes maybe that's what that way was received so well. Because it's simple. It's yeah. complicated. And a child can understand it. And I think a child can understand the love of Christ and understand that spiritual component or tap into that. You think about children and how they're so tapped into that spiritual component. Uh, often we get lost in this world, like everything, all these voices and everything. We lose that simplicity. So maybe that's part of what, what made that so popular, you know? Yeah. 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 So, well, congratulations on all your success. I'm so thrilled that you were willing to talk to me and be on this podcast. And I really appreciate your insight into spiritual components of health. I think it's something that can't be neglected. I think if you want to be a well-rounded person, you do need to think about all these different aspects. And if you, if you want to be grounded, if you want to have more dimension to your life, you need to explore this, this option of spiritual health. And I think that's, that's something that would definitely value. I think it create, provides some value, but I really, really do appreciate you and let's continue to stay connected. Deal. Thank you. Oh, awesome. We'll have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Thank you again for listening in to the podcast. I wanted to encourage you to like and subscribe and please share this so others are learning about it so we can continue growing it. You can also find me on Instagram at The Blonde Runner and that's B-L-O-N-D-E with an E on there. And you can also find me on Instagram at Coach Laura Erickson and that's L-O-R-A-E-R-E. I-C-K-S-O-N. And thanks again for, for listening in. And until next time, live well.